Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Desert Tones podcast. Hope hope you all are doing good, and thanks again for uh, tuning in with us. I'm Dylan, and I'm here with my pals. Joey. This is Jared. And uh, we're here in February, episode number 14. It's pretty wild stuff, but it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to it every month, and I appreciate uh, anyone who's tuning in with us. Um, this month, this month has been been pretty busy for me. Yeah, yeah pretty... you just you just put out a record. Yeah, I did actually today, and uh, it's called uh, "In Another Life," and I released it under the name Taylord, as I was used to put music out under back in the day when I was uh, trying to be a wannabe bulb on uh, metalguitarist.com, sevenstring.org. But yeah, I've been working on that for the last last year or so. So uh, taylordmusic.com if you want to check that out. Eight songs. Eight songs. Runtime about 42 minutes. So I try to pack a few in there. Nice. Um, Yeah, some songs more than 10 years old. Pretty crazy. Cloud is an old song. Yeah. And tried to write a couple new things and kind of mix it all together. And it was a, it was very challenging getting back into that way of making music again realized how much out of shape on guitar playing i was in that way um yeah it's really different from what you play now yeah but um it was fun and glad to finally get it out and see what comes next but got a couple more videos hopefully getting these guys involved with me on another video coming up soon and it'll be a good time how many of those songs were were could have eventually have been Earth Brothers songs, like other than the ones that are really old? Um, no comply and Starry Night. Those yeah, were those both going to be discussed yeah. during the Volt session. No okay. comply was like done basically, but Starry Night. Most of those things I just had like the first just minute. Written. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um. But yeah. There was a couple other ones that we were throwing around and we were working on Bolt, but I think we made the right choice in the end. I like yeah, that yeah. song a lot. Yeah, that's a cool song. But it is interesting writing something a long time ago and then revisiting it after all these years and how your perspective on it changes. And like Cloud is like the only thing I've written that's in three, four time. Hmm. And it was recorded, the demo is like in four. And it took me a long time to figure that out in my head. And then it took me even longer to figure out how to re- fit it into a three-four thing and record yeah, and yeah. get used to the click. Cause I yeah, that's pretty commonplace in progressive metal to have like those time signature changes and stuff. But I've never done that. Right. So it took me a while to figure that out. There's a couple sections that are in four, but then it goes back. But the main motif part is in three. So that was fun to do something a little outside of the norm for me. Yeah, that was like one of the very first songs you ever you ever really finished and, and I f- put up. I finished it the day I started at Church Street Grill. Hell yes. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Shout out to Church Street Grill. <laughs> <laughs> Condiment, Condiment Island. <laughs> <laughs> so for those listening, we have a little, we are sitting in front of our computers kind of around the table here together and we kind of just have our basic overview of like what we want to talk about in this episode and obviously have a lot of room to expand on stuff and talk about it but for some reason jared has put in here (laughs) where did snakes come from where are their natural habitats (laughs) why did we let them get the advantage (laughs) if you look at my search if you look at my search history you wouldn't believe what i have discovered it's all on google man it's there so I don't know about you, but I've messed around on Google from time to time. <laughs> Let me tell you. You can learn some things on there. It's it's crazy what's out there, man. I don't know why I would have written that down. Something inspired me. I heard a story about a friend that visited an outdoor museum and read a sign and let it get to him. Everything I say gets <laughs> turned against me <laughs> by these guys, but it's a, but it's a good time. I'm laughing. We're all laughing. But I'm having fun, I promise. As you can see by my facial expressions, I'm having a lot of fun. Pick me up. I couldn't be having more fun. <laughs> pick, pick me, me up. up. <laughs> oh, Make man. an excuse. Pick me up. 
Say you need me for a chore. <laughs> hey, man, there's been an accident and I have to go. I can no longer stay the night. Best wishes. <laughs> Joey oh, accused me, still does accuse my me. My mom wouldn't let me go. Still yeah. does accuse me, actually, that I... I've lied to him about trying to get out of staying the night at his house, and I did not lie about that. Uh, my that was like maybe one of the only times in my life that I was told told no, I couldn't go do something. And uh, it's been like thirteen years or something like that, <laughs> and we still have not let that go. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm hoping you're going to change the title of Snakes. <laughs> you always play fast and loose with your time. I know that's... B- <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so what's on your reverb feed? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is on reverb? There was an Ultra, an Active X Ultra that like was on reverb for like 425 Oh my day. gosh! Wow. That's a really it, like good still had best offers open. Like, I thought about it, but by the by the time I checked again, like a day or two later, it had sold. But somewhere That's like a- somewhere like that, like if it's below four hundred, it's probably like where I would I would consider buying it. That's but, a really good price. But I've seen a couple that are like five and six hundred bucks. Yeah, that's incredible. I didn't I didn't know that they were selling for that low now. Yeah, it's still kind of uncommon to see them as low as like the low 400s but still like it's pretty pretty good deal when you can find it when did that come out that came out 2008 that's Probably. not right that's my guess i'm gonna look at let's see x ultra hey google <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe what <laughs> Yeah, 2008. That's, that's It just brings it. It just pulls it right up. <laughs> the information's out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2008. And the standard came out in 2006. Dang. Wow, wow, wow. That is so long ago. I didn't realize it was that long ago. That's incredible. And they've only made three of them since then. Damn. Just kidding. Turbo and... Mark, yeah, one, two, plus XL, plus deluxe, jumbo, double meat, (laughs) (laughs) burn to a crisp and let it swim, four by four animal style on a raft, (laughs) balti deluxe, shimmy with a squeeze, squeeze. (laughs) make it cry. Um, is that all that's on yours, Joey? Yeah, I haven't seen anything else too interesting in a while. Dylan, how, how about yours? Let's see. I follow this Pocky Music store on Reverb that's at this this guy out of Austin, Texas, and he's always got a bunch of like really sweet-looking PRSs that are just like gently used but still look mint basically. Mm. And you can find like a a 10 top custom 24 for like 2700 bucks. I always like looking at those. Can't see myself pulling the trigger on that anytime soon, but um I do like looking at PRS's um something I in a minute we'll probably talk about the the new SECE satin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But something we we I think we're Jared clearly has a PRS CESE version, but I think we've all been interested in the CE line, generally speaking. But um, the they they were out of production for several years, mm-hmm. and in the early days, I don't know what what the years were, but from like the late '80s to early 2000s, the the CE 24s and 22s that they were making, they were just basically cores with a yeah. bolt-on neck but like the new iteration starting in 2016 like there's se bridges and tune maybe not the tuners but there's just more import hardware on it now yeah and whereas like the older ones seem like they're a little a little nicer a little sweeter so i like looking at the older ones more so than the newer ones um 
else? Uh, the Strymon Flint is a pedal that's always been on my wish list. I see that the good friends at Cedar Crest, the Village guitarist, have one in stock. Um, yeah, you've played that one, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that tremolo. Yeah, that's a cool pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Fender JMJ Mustang, the, the blue one, that's a bass that I really like and would like yeah. to try one day. They... I think Jamie, like maybe a few weeks ago, told me that that he was looking at one of those. Oh wow! But they're like thirteen hundred new, and most of the ones I see are like eleven, twelve hundred. So it's like not a super great deal. What about you, Jared? What's on your list? Nothing. We're down here. No, not really. Uh, uh was recently in Phoenix again, and uh, got. A, um, a relative who we've talked about a few times, perhaps our biggest fan. Uh, Shout out, Casey. Uh, he has yep. a uh, a Taylor six fifty two CE. It's a twelve string, uh, and it's really really great. It's play, it plays so well. Um, I I've just been looking at um the six string variation of that, uh, they, they don't have like a perfect like replica of that same exact model. Uh, cause it has like some interesting figuring on, on the wood and a finish. And, um, that isn't exactly the same, but the eight fourteen CE and the six fourteen CE are, are, are like relatively close. Um, it's just, it's like not, trivially easy to find one that is a fair price or like that is like a really good deal used um they like they maintain their value like pretty well so like six like you can if if you can get a 614 ce for like around 2000 ish that's like considered to be a pretty okay deal um i'm not exactly sure about the 814 um let me look really quick that's like the top top one yeah yeah that's like one of the nicer ones that one is maybe about three thousand somewhere around there um he got a really good deal on his 12 string so it was like um kind of like a shocking price for Mm -hmm. like how cool it is um and yet it it sounds incredible it plays so smooth and is like kind of interesting because it has like those those like brass tuners, so it's kind of heavy yeah. on top. I I think I've probably uh, said that before, but um, yeah, it's 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 super cool. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, just a point. It's like kind of a tough thing with twelve strings because you know that for a lot of people, that's probably not something that you're gonna play all the time, but. I've heard several people playing 12 strings, uh, playing, le- you know, lesser models. Yeah. And they're out of tune. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like the joke that it's like you spend half your time tuning and the other half playing out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's difficult to like find one that kind of lands in the middle of like, this is a pretty reasonable price one, but it's good. You know? Yeah. The interesting thing about his, right, is that, I mean, obviously, like you're you're paying for it, but it's it's got really hard woods in it. Um, rock maple neck, solid maple back uh, and sides, a uh, torrified spruce top, uh, which uh, this means it's like been been dried, uh, basically. And then that V-class racing and a rock able neck so it's like really pretty stable mm-hmm. um and because each of the strings like each of the of the pairings share a single like a single hole in the bridge mm-hmm. it just like kind of offset a little bit like they drape over the saddle at, at the same like break angle so they're they like have the same like uh tension on them and everything between each uh it's just yeah it's like it 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 is obviously a 12 string that plays like a six string i guess 
and and it i played it for maybe an hour and i never had it go out of tune this was great um i would imagine and then like you know most of their higher end uh models have those like uh uh um chamfered edge uh pebbles on the cutaway and on the top of the body yeah i would imagine though like given the weird distribution of weight like if i was like having to stand and play it it would Mm. be really awkward Mm -hmm. um for a long period of time but just like hanging out playing it is it was great yeah super cool and the like figuring on the body was is unbelievable it's so cool i normally don't like acoustic guitars that are like that are have are different colors that are not just the natural kind of wood or lacquer look to them, but the like the sunburst kind of that Taylor does in a lot of their higher end ones. I really like that. Yeah, I never really thought I would like really care that much about Taylor acoustics until I started playing them, and now I'm like, wow, these are actually pretty sweet. Which I guess that would explain why they're so popular, right? Like, I think it's the best selling acoustic. Uh, guitar brand in the u.s by quite a bit yeah there's probably a lot of uh 110s and 214s floating around out there yeah yeah and they just like have one of the best built-in pickup systems yeah stuff whereas like most of their models come with that built-in yeah i'm thinking of the 614 builders edition wild honey burst with case or not the with case part. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you get the one with case. <laughs> if it doesn't have that, you never know. But if you look that up, you'll see it's a pretty cool color. But they do do some weird stuff on the cutaways. I've seen ones that just like ported. Yeah. There's like a, a sound hole on the cutaway and some other funky stuff. So. Yeah. I like that bevel a lot. Yeah. Initially, I was like, I don't want an acoustic guitar that has a cutaway on it. But as time has gone on, I've come come to like it more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, other than that, on my reverb, that's actually basically it. Uh, I haven't really been looking at anything else on there. Um, I haven't. Yeah. It's been pretty stale lately, actually. You've been playing your new bass amp and been enjoying that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, uh, um, the V4B, which is it ha- has been wonderful. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. I got my Horizon uh, Devices uh, Clarity Compressor Batch Three pre-order the other day with case <laughs> <laughs> with gig bag um, and. Uh, I've got that in in the chain now and have been having a lot of fun with that. It sounds great on the bass or um in the uh through the vox. So yeah, we're going to have to check that out later. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And Joey had a had a precision driver too from Horizon. Yep. Years back. He had a Tokyo drive. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had both. Either yeah. either both or I know I definitely have the Tokyo Drive, but they didn't do any other limited variants. If they did, I don't know about them. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember any other ones. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. No, other than those two. Yeah. Well, I got another new piece of kit last week. That's right. Uh, I got the Fractal FM9 Turbo Mark II. And, uh, yeah, that's been on my wish list for some time now. Mm-hmm. And it was out of stock, uh, for a couple of months. And, um, usually when they're doing that, it means they're like fixing to come out with the latest version. And they did it with the FM three. Um, when they just put out the, the Mark two that just has the bigger screens, yep. slightly bigger scribble strips. And so they did the same thing with FM nine. And I was originally just going to go with an FM3 as well, especially like learning more about how the the different functions of the foot switches, like how versatile those are. And you can 
have you know press twice or hold and you can have it channel through different things but as i've been messing with looping more lately i was like i think it would be better to future proof myself and just get the bigger the bigger unit and so i'm working on getting all my patches set up on that now and hopefully we'll take it to my gig this sunday um so i'm looking forward to hitting the town with that where are you playing this this uh, sombra antigua in anthony new mexico it's a winery it's been my first time out there so new town yeah you better take that compass i got you yeah (laughs) and whistle it's gonna explore itself (laughs) and thermometer (laughs) it's a three in one (laughs) um has it been hard to move the patches over? Like, it's not just copy-paste, right? You kind of have to reconstruct it. Entirely. Yeah, I don't think that you can't. I mean, you there probably is a long, complicated way to port them over. Yeah. But I've just been doing it from scratch. And I haven't been enjoying doing it. I feel like I haven't, like, programmed a bunch of new sounds in a long time. It's yeah, kind yeah. of fun to go back through. And there's a lot of, I mean, it. I think the fractal comes with the best like stock presets. I think so too. I feel like that's like the consensus online. Like just a lot of them are like pretty pretty usable out of, yeah. from the from the jump. But um, you know, and it comes you can have like five hundred presets on there. You know, but and it's like the first three hundred or so are are presets that they've made, and mm-hmm. then like the other ones are just blanks. And um, there's a handful of them scattered throughout that are just like that say FM nine turbo and it's like a con it's like a patch that I, the name is familiar, but it says like FM nine turbo version or something. Hmm. And it just, they're usually pretty far out stuff, just like pushing the DSP of it. But I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. That is not just the same old thing. Like yeah, you're messing yeah, yeah. with it a little bit. Um, yeah. So as a reminder, last year I got the baby brother, uh, of that one. Mm-hmm. So, but because like you gig with it and you have had the AX8 for a really long time, I think that was like really necessary for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, those, that thing is not cheap, but it's, it's like with same thing with the AX8, like it, it served me so well for like seven years. So yeah. I, I intend for this to do the same. So it, it feels nice to have, have the new thing and have the thing that is still getting updates and stuff. Yeah, I hope you get even longer out of this one because the toward like the last few years the AX8 was like basically a snail. Like it took forever to do anything. Yeah, some of the stuff I've read on the Fractal Forum was like they the uh, the the guys that made it they quickly early on kind of figured out some of the shortcomings with the design or just kind of like okay this is what it is and we're gonna start working on the next thing and it seems like the format of how they've changed it to where the foot controller for the the rack unit is the same size as the FM9, mm. and then the FM3 is like two FM or the FM9 is like two FM3s. It's like all the same stuff, and it's just adding right and more. So it's like a, it's a better better format that all our products kind of go together. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a smart move on like a manufacturing standpoint too. Yeah. It's probably similar. I would imagine that they probably have to have custom molds for some stuff, but having it be like standardized widths and that kind of thing probably helps a lot. And screen sizes and everything else being the same. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited that you finally upgraded that thing. Yeah, uh, definitely the biggest limitation with the AX8 is like it's really tricky to navigate it and edit the sounds like on the unit itself. Like yeah. the, they have a really good software editor, but uh, that was kind of like the biggest concern. It was like at a gig and like something wasn't right, and it was like I kind of, kind of was tough to get it back on track. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that they've updated that a little bit. Like still not as quick as some of the other modelers out there, but you know as we've reiterated several times like that's the brand and like the type of product that i that we all feel the most comfortable on 
The biggest fucking bummer, though, is that I can't fit it in one of those Apache cases from Harbor Freight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know that after you had that sponsor deal with Apache cases from Harbor Freight that you just cannot give them up. And in fact, you were given so many of them, you started handing them out as Christmas gifts to people. Yeah, I bought too many, so I (laughs) started passing them out for Christmas gifts. But, uh, Happy bar mitzvah! Check this out. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to either fork over the cash for a some kind of pelican or try a bag. Like a, I don't think I can go to a bag. Not like a regular bag. Like I, I know a lot of people just use like the Helix backpack bag for it, and mm-hmm. it fits too. But something I feel like some kind of hard case, just peace of mind. And a couple of those like have that has wheels on it too, so that would be easy. Have my guitar over my back and then pull it with me. Yeah, I think that would be pretty good. That must be really hard. That must be you. really hard on me with gig bag. Twenty twenty four hard on me with gig bag snakes. <laughs> uh, so what is today's topic, Joey? Uh, the main categories of modulation that most people think of whenever we think of modulation so like first and foremost like most people will think of a chorus pedal yeah our chorus is the main effect but the other ones that are like kind of right next to it are like flangers phasers um tremolo vibrato uh there's some other like far out ones that we might touch on briefly like the ring modulation or rotary um And I guess Univibe too, that's not that far out there, but that's like a pretty specific unit too. But yeah, um, yeah, just going to go over some of what those are and talk about some of our favorite examples of those. I guess the most popular one again is the chorus pedal, which mm. I think is like kind of come back into fashion. Like oh, in the yeah. Last, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe 10 years or so. Whereas like it was kind of the sound of the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people just got sick of it uh during that time and you know we kind of didn't really hear that much of it for a while but uh it's definitely like really popular now to hear that along with the most of these there but the chorus especially is just like everywhere and in in a way that's like not bad to me i i like a good chorus pedal so yeah same yeah um makes me think of lo-fi music yeah i think it's just like great for adding texture and like layering and that kind of thing. It adds like a little bit of extra flavor to it that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just meant like the type of music like on oh, YouTube, yeah, yeah. like study beats and like that kind of, yeah, that kind of music. Um, but a lot of like indie rock music and stuff. I'm a big Mac DeMarco fan and he obviously popularized like that kind of sound, which is pretty popular now. But chorus is definitely like the first that comes to mind for me. Yeah, when I think of a mod pedal, and if I had to pick one, I would pick a chorus pedal. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the main one. Um, which is, I guess, fairly simple. Like it, it, I guess, compared to some of the other ones. Um, well, I guess like an example. Let's think of an example first. Like the the first ones that come to mind for me are like the Boss CE two or the um Roland unit the CEU I think it was the Roland unit that was called the CE1 mm-hmm. um there's like the MXR one which is fairly popular too I think it's just called analog chorus but it's also yeah. a blue box yeah yeah uh TC electronic has like the corona chorus um what are some other ones I can't none really I know come that to mind. that walrus has a couple that are popular I can't remember the name of them um What's the uh TC did come out with which is pretty cool which I'm into is the the Juno 60 chorus. Oh which yeah. Which is just the 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 chorus sound from the old school uh, Roland Juno 60 keyboard and put that just into a stomp box form. They also the old like just stereo chorus that uh TC had that's like a pretty popular old unit too but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just as some examples, but I mean, of course, is basically just you have your clean signal mixed with like a modulating signal, 
Um, and by that, it's just like you get this pitch modulating effect, but unlike something like we'll talk to is like the tremolo, uh, which moves volume, the chorus will move the pitch of your note slightly depending on how you set the the rate and the speed of it. And that controls how much of like the modulating signal um, that you have relative to your clean signal. Um, so I think it's probably the most simple of these so far, but other than maybe the tremolo, but yeah. Um, yeah, definitely the most popular one. I, I think, I mean, it can, I do get sick of it at times sometimes. Like I, mm -hmm. I like, I like stuff like the vibrato actually just cause it's kind of gives a similar effect. Um, but not quite as like, I guess maybe it's slightly more palatable for my ears. Like, I guess, cause you get more, it can be overdone with the chorus. Like you hear people yeah. like really crank it. Um, and that's like a sound too, but I, I think for my own taste, I like it used sparingly. And especially if you kind of get it like more where the dry signal, uh, you get more of the dry signal in your sound and that's just kind of layered underneath. But I think in that, in that application, I still kind of prefer the vibrato for like a similar thing, but, um, I feel like if you, if you have uh, the wet too high, it just kind of sounds completely washed out and that's mm. not really my favorite thing. It depends on the context, I guess, but like, um, uh, that's not my favorite sound either. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it a lot mainly on like cleaner sounds, but I mean, it does sound really cool with like heavy drive. Or yeah. That's what I was going to ask if you guys. Um, most mm -hmm. often for clean, yes. Um, but I, I do like it on driven sounds too, just for like effect. You feel like people describe that, like even if they're using it in like sound design applications, it's like just adding movement to the sound. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's like a really good way of describing it is like it adds movement to the sound. And I guess in some form or fashion, like all modulation pedals kind of do that. Um, but I feel like the one that most people are going to be familiar with is, is chorus. Uh, Dylan, you own a Univibe, right? I own the, yeah, the MXR Univibe. And I'm going to get a little quick education here on what a Univibe is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, in the meantime, um, I, 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 uh, Joey, how would you differentiate chorus from like flanger or flanger? Or yeah, flanger, flanger. I mean, most people would describe that as like the sound of like a, an airplane, like going by. It's like there's a, I kind of think of it like a wah in a way where like there's like a fixed frequency that's like, um, you're increasing the intensity of of that frequency just as sound is being played through it. But um, I guess, let me see here. Actually, I've got, I got a note on one of the popular ones here. Uh, looks like, oh yeah, the Electric Mistress is like one of the most popular ones from Electro Harmonics. Um, that's like the main flanger that comes to mind for me. Um, let me see here as well. Uh, so I, from what I understand, like it, the the flanger is mainly made up of like a feedback loop with the delay line that's like again sort of not in parallel but like alongside the dry signal that would mixed in. Um, it it just like again creates this feedback loop that has like this fixed fixed notch quality to it. Mm -hmm. um, again, like kind of like a wah or like a what did we speak to in that last episode that was kind of like that? I, I mean, uh, filter. Yeah, I yeah, it's just like a filter. It's like a a sonic thing. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of weird. I mean, the the best way to describe it is it sounds like an airplane, basically. But um, it's different than a phaser, uh, and I I do like flanger, but I I like it for more like percussive sounds because you can like you can kind of like 
hit muted strings across the guitar and still get like that movement effect that you don't you don't you can kind of get in chorus but there's like more exaggerated movement in a flanger i would say um i don't play with them a ton but uh like john petrucci like uses a flanger a lot in some of his leads or even mm. like some of his like rhythm distorted sounds uh to good effect i just like especially for like a, a one person guitar player band like yeah. it adds a lot to the to the movement of like the full band but um i like that one a little less than a chorus but it yeah is. i've not really had a whole lot of success in and using a flanger yeah me either i don't know if joey would know it, but do you know unchained by van halen that song i've definitely heard joey, the song maybe joey yeah, does yeah. know i think that's flanger isn't it uh yeah yeah, yeah that that does now that you say it sounds like an airplane going by, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like very distinct. Um, so, I mean, the only like d- directly exclusive mod pedal I have on my board is a Phaser. I've got uh, oh, yeah, DMXR. the MXR. Yeah, uh, Phase Phase ninety five, which was a gift also from our uh, biggest fan in in Arizona. Uh, and then, like, I've got a couple of uh, LAs and uh, the Strymon Pigs guy that have, like, kind of modulation, a- like, aspects to them, but that's not their main focus. Um, and so, I mean, I use that effect really just to add, like, ambient texture to things or if I'm, like, trying to have a specific vibe for, a, for like, a certain riff or... Um, if I'm like playing along with something that uses that, like some tool songs use it, there's a, uh, like then I'll, I'll turn it on, but it's mostly just kind of a, for like a, uh, for fun thing that I enjoy turning on, um, and playing with, uh, like it, it, so the interesting thing I think about it is especially if you layer it in with delay is it has that like that like kind of sweeping effect in it. And I feel like that is something that you can get out of other type of um, modulation or like time pace effects, but there's just something about the way that a phaser does it that is kind of unique. Like it sounds like, like to me, it almost sounds like panning left to right, except it's not actually panning. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's just kind of a sweeping sound. It's hard to describe. Yeah. I mean, you're like literally messing with the phase of like, the signal there and there's like probably some element of like comb filtering that's going on there too like as as the two signals are like rubbing against each other basically but it, it's it's definitely really cool pretty similar to like what a, a univibe is but like probably a little smoother sounding yeah, yeah. um whereas like the univibe is like a little you know, like a little more like harsh drop off um like pattern for that but <clears throat> definitely cool the small stone or the bad stone like electromod i think of all the electromonics ones for these mainly but yeah, yeah that's just um some of the popular ones that come to mind like the the like red not box but like i'm pretty sure the small stone electromonics had like a red graphic on it and that's like one of the ones i remember the most whenever i first started playing and they had like old ones that were like in blacks uh, housings and stuff too, kind of like the Russian uh, muff and stuff. Where that were like pretty cool. What's the name of the Strymon Multi Effects pedal for all the mods? Mobius. The Mobius. The Mobius, yeah. And then what was that green one that they came out with not that long ago? Was that just a oh the Volante? Was that just a delay oh, I thing? I don't know that one. Okay. <laughs> Hitting the Google here. Uh, that is a tape delay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Strymon Volante. <laughs> Huh. Traveling to Darnassus. <laughs> um, there it was in the heart of Stormwind. <laughs> with a compass and a, a whistle and a, and a thirst to discover. <laughs> Nothing like exploring a new town. <laughs> I I don't think that it works anymore, but I do have a Boss CE3. It's like a baby blue one. It's not the sure. CE2 is like the OG one. Yeah, yeah. 
but there's like some version of that that I have. Um, I do have the Unified pedal, which is uh, my attempt to be like Jimi Hendrix, but um, that's kind of a, a combination kind of 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 um, it's a combination of like phaser, right? Yeah, I think the original uh, intention was to recreate the sound of radio waves. Like it sounds super trippy. I just actually looked this up here. I guess the original intention was to make it sound like radio waves bouncing off of the atmosphere, kicking them in and out of phase. Uh, and it was based on some guys. Uh, well, the guy's name is here. Uh, uh, Fumio Mieda, uh, who was like an engineer from Japan. But I guess it was there was some like crazy or like weird feeling he was trying to capture from like some trip that he took and so he came up with this univibe sound that like again really kind of started a lot of this but um yeah i've never messed with them that much i mean they're definitely they're definitely super cool um but yours which one is yours again it's the mxr do they have multiple models though or is Um, it just the single one it's just a single one let's see yeah it's it's like a black and white one right yeah Yeah, it looks really sharp mxrm 68 univibe chorus slash vibrato pedal and yeah i bought it i probably bought it in like 2016 and at the moment it was you know i was really into uh like Jimi hendrix and listening to I, it took me forever. I'm a big Jimi Hendrix fan, but it took me forever to actually listen to Machine Gun. Mm. What an insane mm. song that is. And it makes you feel like you're in the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the Univibe kind of like, it's described as like chorus vibrato, but to me, I mean, it sounds like, and maybe I'm just thinking about it relative to like the chorus, but it sounds to me like, not fully a chorus, not fully the phaser, like yeah. kind of like this like weird thing in the middle. And I guess I don't. Yours has like the different modes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got well, it's got a. Because there's one. I know there's a mode on there that like you completely remove the dry signal from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just get complete. Yeah, there's wash. a there's a vibe button. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, that's a speed level and depth. Okay. And just kind of similar to any other to a chorus, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember getting it for that, and then uh, shortly after we started gigging as Earth Brothers, and I remember cranking it to get the effect for Will. Yep. And I wonder what effect and sound Marco Kubo is using when he's making that old school signature veil sound. Yeah, I mean. I guess like I was describing like the chorus thing earlier. That's kind of it's kind of what vibrato on this like the vibrato part of the like univibe is like it's just like whereas chorus you have dry and then the modulated signal. The vibrato to put it simply is is just the modulated half of that mm-hmm. um, there. So like when I say like I like the chorus, but to where like the modulated signal is lower in the sound than relative to the clean one, it, it's that's probably why I like the vibrato more is because it's you get to actually just adjust the volume of just the modulated effect its own instead of just the intensity. Um, but yeah, I think I, I couldn't pinpoint like which one of those effects exactly he uses, but yeah, yeah it's definitely like in that ballpark. Yeah. Definitely really like iconic and noticeable. Yeah. And also I remember watching um, a live stream of Misha doing a cover of a Mashuka song and like approximating the lead sound that Frederick uses. Mm, I think sure. that one's a fate. No, it is a flanger and it's like maxed mm. out. Yeah. Kind of like pretty trippy sound. Sounds like the aliens are attacking. <laughs> so you want to sound like you're in Vietnam or do you want to sound like <laughs> the aliens are attacking? <laughs> Why can't I have my cake and eat it? Yeah. Univibe's, Univibe's dope. I, I haven't messed with them enough, but and vibrato is the only other effect that comes built into a tube amp, right? Yeah, that yeah, yeah it's like that and whoa, well, wait, well, vibrato tremolo. and no, tr- yeah, tr- tremolo, tremolo, yeah, yeah. These are all kind of interchangeable. <laughs> it's a little. Well, and the tremolo is like not even fully like a modulation effect. It's the like 
manipulating of just the volume of the sound mm. and like at a different rate but like it's kind of like it's kind of grouped in with you know those sorts of effects that alter the signal in some way yeah um but i like i like a good tremolo yeah. um like the dearmin tremolo control um i think the boss is like a tr or something like two or three tremolo. like i can picture it's like a green unit i think hmm. or like a sage colored one but hmm. yeah no, there's no actual like modulating of like the signal like these other ones kind of have like far out ways of doing it. it's just volume up and down basically yeah. at different mm-hmm. rates yeah um yeah so that's like i guess kind of my thing is like i've never been super interested in playing with either of those types of pedals like i understand like or i hear them used in like cool and like interesting ways and i like how they sound i just i've never felt like particularly inspired by them i guess i, I i'm wondering like the interesting thing about a vibrato pedal is like what i mean that gives you like the that's kind of like a wavy sound i guess but like what is is that just amplifying what you would normally get if this is going to sound really asinine (laughs) i'm sorry uh oh my god uh so like is that is, is it really just amplifying like so the sound that you would get if somebody said to you you have got good vibrato and you're like, yeah, you're right. I've been practicing this for 37 years. I'm the best at this. But then you put a vibrato pedal on top of it. It, it is amplifying what you would normally get with your fingers. I mean, is that the sense of I don't, what it is I doing? don't know that it would... I mean, they would definitely affect what's there, but I don't know that it would like... I guess it would increase the intensity just as much as it would anything else. Like, I don't know that like... <laughs> I've never thought of using vibrato as a technique with a vibrato on. As no, like, no, okay. So wait, no, I didn't mean doing them both simultaneously. I meant like, oh, I've got how this thing. How similar is the effect? I, I've got this thing now. I can let my fingers rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't say it like that. No, vibrato in the context of like moving your finger on the string is uh, kind of a different thing. I mean, it's like, I guess you could boil it down to being the same thing or like, I think a closer comparison would be like using the vibrato on your guitar, like the, the bar, like the hmm. vibrato bar, you know, people call it tremolo bar, but it's vibrato. Yeah. Um, to alter the pitch. That's like a, a better example of like how that affects the guitar sound. So, um, I mean, again, like the way you do it on guitar where you're moving the string around is like, Yes, literally vibrato, but I don't think of it in the same way that I would a pedal. I think it closer to like what you use a tremolo for. Yeah. Or again, people call it tremolo. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question because they're two things called the same. Yeah, we'll call them a tremolo. Yeah. When it doesn't, it doesn't do what a tremolo does, which is modulate the volume and modulates the pitch. Um. So yeah. That's a little annoying, huh? It is weird. It's the same thing that you mentioned before, like the input and output jack. People just call it input jack even though it's an output jack on yeah. guitar but those are things that really bother me i've got is, a whole list it is weird of things that really bother me it's definitely weird one day i'll share it with you all um look at that i've got an offer on a 614 ce <laughs> live on there yeah, jared live. checks out <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean uh the rotary is another okay well actually hold on there's two things that i want to talk about just some shout outs here first the boss ps2 the pitch uh the boss pitch shifter uh it's a it's a pitch shifter and delay pedal right the ps3 is yes yeah it's a pitch shifter delay yeah uh ps3 um that's a super cool pedal i've never really used any type of like octaver or pitch shift pedal before. I think that's, it's unique. The best example of somebody using that uh, by far, I think is Dan Briggs uh, from uh, uh, Between the Buried and Me. 
there's a lot of super cool examples of him uh using that that effect in combination with like the dl4 on a lot of songs um they put out a record like a little over 10 years ago like 11 years ago maybe 12 now uh uh parallax 2 there's a few songs on there telos is one extremophile elite is one um on the great mist direct which was a couple of records before that uh disease injury madness has a lot of cool uh pitch effects and like kind of taser sounds um so does cloud mountain uh those are some of the best examples of like somebody in my opinion like effectively using those those types of effects in a way that like really adds kind of uh not just like a sonic quality to the, to a song that is like uh, like special and and um uh like different but also is like kind of uh demonstrating the boundaries in which you can kind of push those technologies and like kind of how wild you can make them sound and like um kind of just doing like excessive knob turning like live to get them to to behave in strange ways i think in the realm of metal bands they're probably one of the best at that but oh yeah even yeah, 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 but yeah. i mean like tons of like other yeah shoegaze yeah. bands and yeah, stuff yeah. Too. So, and even even further though like when i'm thinking about the the ps3 like i can't not think of why dan briggs started using it it's because of the band cave in yep yep like yep yep the, that's an important thing the record it's jupiter like the first within the first minute of the first track you have this crazy cool effect that they massively popularized and, and like you can't use like a ps3 and not like make the comparison to to cave in man now basically they just used it so much um, but that is a super, super cool and unique pedal. Like that's definitely one of the coolest ones. Yeah. And, uh, cave in being like an inspiration for a lot of those other bands. Yeah. Like yeah. they're a, a huge influence. Yeah. Cave in's amazing to say on that, but I, I have a couple of things. Okay. So yeah. whenever we saw the Eagles earlier, uh, this year, Joe Walsh used a vocoder on, uh, on Rocky Mountain Way. Oh, nice! And that was really cool. Yeah. And on the just like on the screen, he looked like he was on fire. Um, <laughs> you know, which kind of that kind of matches like his whole vibe, I guess. Um, but uh, which was like really cool. You don't really, or I've never, I think I've never heard anybody use one of those live like that before, and it was it was cool. Um, like really interesting. It, it's kind of overwhelming you know yeah um i think of that bon jovi song living yep. on a prayer yep. yep 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 um but interestingly enough history fact is that uh the first time that a vocoder was actually used was uh during the roman empire <laughs> no world war ii uh close second to to the uh roman empire um it was used uh so Bell Labs, who was a uh, technology company in the U.S., uh, they uh, they were also a telephone company, I believe, um, and then they were later bought out by AT and T. Uh, but um, they developed a way to encrypt communication. This is before we had like algorithms and like hashing capabilities like we do now with like a computer. And so they would record essentially a vocoded message and uh, between Winston uh, Churchill and FDR. And then they would have like a machine, like a playback machine that had the pattern to and the uh, like the rate to play it back and um, a few other things. I can't remember what exactly, but they would play it back and it would basically decipher the call so like um a voice uh message would be transmitted it would be encrypted and then it would be played back and d and then like d encrypted and then sent back hmm. 
and then that's how it was used for for quite a while the the part of the federal government that eventually became uh the uh nsa owned like the the uh that part of the tech of the tech and then finally like it wasn't until like the 70s that moog made like a musical application for it wow it was like widely available so it's kind of an interesting thing hmm. um but that's been used by like not just people like who play guitar like that you know like tupac used one and like all kinds yeah, of you know you can trigger it with a keyboard a guitar, yeah exactly anything like that so yeah there's a lot of interesting like it's never something i would really use but it's cool it's yeah. cool yeah i wonder if it's found a place in like hip-hop and stuff like in recent years i don't know about oh. recently but like historically yes yeah i feel like i haven't heard a song with that on it in some time but i feel like yeah didn't bt bam use it on something if they did i don't know what it is okay. um Eastie Boys used one, yeah. um, like so, like '90s, 2000s hip hop, it definitely was used. I'm sure there's plenty of other examples of that, but it's just I'm not, I'm not tapped into the underground, uh, or the underground vocoder. Uh, but I do think of living on a prayer, and I do think of Rocky Mountain Way. I think of Paul Mosfidal from Cynic. Oh well, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. I think of yes. the vocoder, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, I feel really, really dumb now. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's the one that comes to mind when I think of that. But. He, he's like the main one, I feel like, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I have, I have been so foolish. <laughs> it's a cool effect. I don't hear it that much. Yeah, I don't either. Um, uh, and it's something that can very easily get overdone, but it it is cool. So, uh, touching back on chorus from earlier, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, the periphery rundown in like 2009. Yeah. All in front of the TC stereo chorus. Yeah. And that was like when they had a lot more like chorus on some of their sounds. And I remember being like, that sounds so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then also I remember watching, um, live footage of the contortionist and they were using some chorus on their rhythm sounds. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, a deviation from what the records were. And I was like, that's a really cool, unique sound on it. Yeah. Um, and then just another guitar player that's been influential to me is Andy Summers of the police. He's pretty well known for uh, chorus and uh, yep. some other stuff too. And there's obviously everybody in the eighties was using those effects, but um, I thought he had a tasteful use of it and like the riffs that he wrote, yeah. including that and like the effect as part of the riff and the right. effect of it all. Um, he did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So that, the police is such a sick band. Yeah, they actually are like pump punk and reggae and making hits pretty crazy um and protecting our streets there you go and yeah just you know uh liking to get effects that just kind of help me approximate like get into the hendrixy vibe of playing because when i'm like playing like regular guitar like that kind of ballpark styling is where what i gravitate towards like you know playing and and it just kind of helps, you know, give another dimension to the stuff that you're playing and can kind of make like a regular progression, have a little bit more attitude and being like, go from something that I just play when I'm noodling to be like, oh, this could be a song. Yeah. I know that I have a song from one of my other records, Another Day, and mm-hmm. it's got a chorus on it. And I was... It was just the I, one of the few times, I guess, that I was just like, I had a sound, and then I was like, all right, here's there's the whole song, being inspired just like directly by that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that experience a lot. Yeah, it's such really a nice. cool 
like flow state to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I think that that's. I feel like most music I write is like that, though. Like I find some type of like emotive sound, and then I just let that kind of take take me with it. And I I would imagine that a lot of of the synths and things that that I use like have got some level of like mod built into them that I'm not actively controlling. Yeah. And I just don't really pay attention to it. But yeah. the like that effect is there. Like I'm sure that almost everything in Omnisphere at the base level, not like you being able to add to it later. Like obviously it's got a whole mod panel that you can use to change things, but like the base patch, you know, it's gotta have yeah. all kinds of things happening there that kind of fall within this realm that I'm just not totally aware of. And like in the context of like sense and that kind of thing, that's like a maybe a whole other conversation that's a lot more broad because um that that this kind of thing is like a little more universal i guess in mm-hmm. in application and is like built in and that kind of stuff so that's yeah. like an interesting thing to to consider is like uh like um uh, cross play of effects between like various platforms and kind of how they're applied yeah cuz i mean like i'm like a bucket list thing for me is like the Roland Juno 60 and 106 and stuff and like while those are like are probably i mean for the for the time like it's probably pretty primitive pretty basic synth technology but it's like when you engage the chorus it just magically comes alive and that's the sound yeah that's the sound of stranger things <laughs> yeah you know and all that stuff it's just like is automatically takes you to that place so um maybe like you know, in a young guitar player's journey, like grabbing a chorus pedal or a flanger, like might not be at the top of their list. But um, as you progress through your journey and experiment with different styles and different ways of writing and stuff, like it's it's as valuable as anything else, helping inspire you and just helping you to be stoked on playing the guitar. Yeah. What's next on the docket? What's next in the chain? Time-based effects think so that would put us at delay and reverb and then i think we're nearing the end of this saga yeah yeah i mean there's probably like again like more specific examples of like more modulation that i'm just not experienced with like you know we mentioned like maybe like ring modulation and like rotary and stuff like that and like those are definitely like super cool effects but i i just i'm not too experienced with them like i kind of get what a rotary does like i think the the best example i've heard was like it's like imagine you're standing on the street and an ambulance passes by and it's like the effect of the siren that modulates because of like distance and movement yeah uh but like i know what a leslie is as far as like the speakers and all stuff does but i couldn't describe it to you so i'm not i'm not the guy to to speak about that but um, and there's like really cool stuff that people do with ring modulation too, especially in the realm of synths, which I think yeah. is like relative to what you guys were talking about before. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like what we're most familiar with, uh, I think yeah, what would make sense next is is you know delays and reverbs and the different variations between that analog, digital, tape, you know, a bunch of different stuff that there is. So yeah, it's a pretty broad one, I would say. So. Yeah, we may um, have to split that up into two. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's probably one of the most uh, used ones um, yeah. the, for myself is is those. I mean, again, the chorus and some of these, like, it's it's largely the chorus and vibrato for me. And then any one of these can, can kind of fit the same role, but it, it just does a different thing. But I would use it in a similar application. So whereas the delay and reverb are very, like, those do a, a specific thing and like most people have a use for that so yeah i would encourage anybody that has never seen one look up like a video or at least a picture of an old uh rotary cabinet yeah, uh, lastly yeah those are so cool um and they're really wild to watch um, yeah they're pretty crazy looking and, and like how it works and it like basically just throws like it's something to do with like the 
the treble speaker throws sound like in a rotating way throughout the cabinet. And it's, I don't know, I can't, again, I don't know the science of like what it is or like how it like works and how to like really explain it, but yeah. it's really cool. And I, I think from what I've understood, like there's a lot of like pretty, pretty good examples of replicating the sound now that is less cumbersome than oh, yeah, the yeah. actual unit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Strymon has um, examples of stuff like that. I think one of them, or like a couple, and they have the Lex is what they have. And then there's like the Lester from Electroharmonics and stuff like that too. So there's like pretty good examples of getting that before. Whereas I think for a while it was like hard to replicate. Yeah, I would imagine um, so. I, and I don't even know how you go about beginning to do that, but um cool effect i just have very little experience with it yeah man it is incredible what people will come up with like just imagine inventing that like what a crazy thing to what if it span <laughs> spun rather <laughs> what if it's spun? imagine Swirl you're it. on the side of the street <laughs> an ambulance passes by you want to play that back <laughs> started at the end of the street started near you started at the other side of the street Let's do it again. Swirl it. Like ice cream in a bowl. At a Chinese food buffet. <laughs> no, we want to thank everybody for joining us <laughs> this <laughs> month. Uh, happy February. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys are having a great month as we transition into, unfortunately, spring. Um, except for Dylan. He's a spring baby. Shout so. out to allergies. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you all so much. We look forward to hearing from you. Please feel free to hit us up on Instagram or, uh, via email, desert tones pod at gmail.com and then desert tones at, at Instagram. Desert tones pod on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll put the tags in the description for the episode. Um, but thank you guys again. Hope you have a great rest of your month and we'll see you next time. Take care guys. See ya. Hasta luego.